And welcome. It's good to see everyone today on this second Sunday in December. And we're excited to have you join us this morning as we worship here at Cross Timber. Whether you're here for the, the first time or the hundredth time or more times than that, we are so glad to, to see you. Just want to point out one thing. There is a little card in your bulletin. We call it a Connect Card if you want to leave a prayer request, if you want to share information or receive information, just jot it on this card, and in a few moments we'll pass around an offering plate, and you can just place it in the offering plate, and that'll go into the, the church office. Uh, one thing I do ask is if you do share a prayer request, just mark on there whether or not you would like us to keep that private or if we can share that over our, our church email. And if you do, um, we would appreciate that. Um, let me just remind you of a couple of things. Um, before our special guest comes and, and shares with us. First of all, um, you, hopefully if you're a church member, you received in the mail this week a copy of the 2022 proposed budget. Um, there was a discussion time this morning where you could ask questions. Um, there is an additional opportunity on Wednesday at 1030 before the 11 o'clock Bible study. Um, John will be here um, as our treasurer to answer any questions. Um, if you're not able to make that time and do have questions, um, you're free to, to reach out um, to John or to Kim Kramer, who is the chairman of the finance committee. Their contact information is listed on the cover letter that came with the budget. Or if you can't find those and you have a question, you can call the church office and Dawn will route them to the proper person. And we will vote on the 2022 proposed budget next Sunday on December the 19th. And that will be right after the morning worship service. And so just be praying about that and, and asking God um, for his wisdom as we look toward the coming year and how we use the funds that he entrusts us with. Um, just a reminder about Wednesday activities. Um, after the, the question and answer, we will have the 11 o'clock 
Bible study. We'll sing songs together, and likely this week it'll be um, Christmas carols again from the hymn book. We'll enjoy a time of Bible study and prayer and then a meal together. And as always, that meal is available to anyone who is present at no charge. And so that's Wednesday um, during the lunchtime. And in the evening, um, our, our students will, will gather um, starting at 6, and prayer meeting will start at 6.30. And so if you haven't taken advantage of those, we do welcome you um, to be a part of that. And speaking of the youth, you may have noticed the, the change jar that um, was placed out there for a few weeks. And, um, and thanks to a generous um, gift of three additional jars, they um, have already raised about $140. So, uh, so thank you um, for that. And if you do have just a quarter, a penny, or some change here and there, just drop it in there, and that goes toward um, helping our youth group. And then one last thing I want to highlight um, is just we are still collecting this month the offering for the the Lottieman Christmas offering for international missions. You can see in the budget in there that we are um, almost a quarter of the way to our our goal. We've raised a little over $950. So just pray and ask the Lord how he would have you participate in that offering. And um, that being said, I would just like to invite our special guest to come forward, and I'll just introduce her as a woman from Kenya. Well, I'm a lady called Teregas, and I'm from Kenya. I live in the northern part of Kenya. We Samburu people have a saying, it's a sin to have good news and not to share it. And I'm so glad we have that saying because I became a Christian when my cousin shared the good news of Jesus with me. Margaret was a Christian, but she was living in a village where there were no churches. One day, Don DeLifka came to her village, and he said, Teregas, there's a church three and a half miles over there. I'm sorry, Margaret, there's a church three and a half miles over there. So Margaret started walking three and a half miles to go to church. Now, when I say a church, I don't mean a building. We met under a thorn tree. Margaret started attending the classes that were taught by the missionary so that they would understand more perfectly. Don used tracks and cassettes with a hand-wind tape recorder in the language of Samburu, not Swahili. Very few of my people know how to read and write. So they memorized all the lessons. That was their way of sharing Jesus with others. As Margaret attended those classes, she learned that God wanted her to share the good news with other people. So it was just right for her to come and tell the story of Jesus to me. It was just so natural for her. Well, the very same day that Margaret came to tell me about the terrible death that Jesus died on a cross, I asked him to be my Lord and Savior. And you know, I just started immediately telling people about Jesus. It was just the joy in me. Shortly after that, my father became ill, and I had to go home to my home village to take care of my father. Three months after I accepted Jesus as my Savior, there were 50 believers in my village. Among them was my father. 
My father cannot read or write, but he takes that hand-wind tape recorder and he goes to villages to share the love of Jesus. Sometimes at night, they sit around the campfire until 11.30, listening to the stories about Jesus. I also learned how to teach literacy. I'm teaching women and older girls to read and write. At each class, I always have a Bible study, and I tell them, it is my relationship with Jesus, not a religion that makes me right with God. My husband is gone a great deal of the time with his job, so I have the sole job of taking care of my children, of the cattle, the goats, of getting water and firewood. I'm a busy lady, but still I am compelled to tell the story of Jesus. Now Eva wants to share something with you. When you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you have a part of God's work around the world. Will you pray what God would have you give this Christmas season? Thank you for sharing that. It's a good reminder. Our scripture reading this morning will be from John chapter 1, we'll read together the first 14 verses and we'll take time to, to pray and bless our offering as well. John writes, John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we come this morning in the name of the One who is Emmanuel, God with us. The One who is the living Word and the One who came full of grace and truth. And we thank you that on the basis of a relationship with Jesus, we come boldly before you into your presence. That we receive mercy and grace in our time of need. We can make our deepest hurts available to you for healing. We can make our requests known to you. We can tell you our 
our thoughts that we wish we don't have, the problems that we struggle with, the challenges of life, knowing that you hear and that you are Lord over all things. And so in that name, the name of Jesus, we worship here this morning, thanking you that you are Lord of heaven and Lord of earth. As we open our mouths and sing, as we speak, help us to do that in a way that would honor you, that we would lift up high the name of Jesus. Lord, we are thankful for that privilege. And Lord, we thank you that through prayer we can call out to you to open eyes that are blind, to help people that are walking in darkness step into the light and to come to know the light of the world that is Jesus. We pray for our fellow countrymen that live in Kentucky and in parts of the eastern United States that have seen the devastation and the power of tornadoes and that as homes and businesses were destroyed, lives were lost. There's a great need. And I thank you for the relief workers and organizations that are there serving. I thank you for those that are giving. And Lord, I pray that through this time you would use Christians, both people that live there and people that will travel there, to share the hope and the love of Jesus during this time. Lord, we thank you for the gift of missions. And we thank you for the, the many men and women that have been called to go around the world to serve you. And Lord, we ask that you would help us, as your people gathered here at Cross Timber, to carefully consider the gift you would have us to give, a gift that is an investment in eternity, that as hundreds of thousands of people die across this world each day not knowing you, that are destined to an eternity separated from you, that there would be an urgency in our lives to give, to pray, and to go, and to share. Or just like we heard in the monologue that it's a sin to not share good news. And Lord, help us to share the good news. Help us to be bold. Help us to show love. Help us to care. And Lord, help us as we, as we give during the end of this time. Lord, we love giving gifts and we love receiving gifts. But Lord, help us to remember that you are the giver of all good things. And we ask you to bless our offering. Take what we give. Lord, use it for your kingdom work here and other places in the world. And Lord, as we give to the needs of our church and for the the mission offering, Lord, we trust you would help us to, to do it in a way that would honor you with joyful hearts. Thank you for the privilege of giving and the privilege of worship. And we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
Matthew chapter 1 is where you can turn to or pull up on your phone or whatever you want to use for your Bible. And it's hard to believe, whoa, I don't know what that, it's hard to believe that Christmas is, is less than two weeks away. And we just spent time singing some wonderful Christmas carols. There was a little chill in the air this morning, maybe a little frost on your windshield. And we may not have snow. We might have snow. But just always remember this is Texas and things are are subject to change on a regular basis. But we come to the exciting part of Christmas, and that is that that Jesus came to earth as a baby. And if you think about that for just a moment, it's an amazing story. That God Himself would come wrapped in flesh as a baby to earth at Christmas. Now, some recent statistics tell us that 9 out of 10 people say they celebrate Christmas. And why not? It's a great holiday. There's a lot of fun things to do at Christmas. There's, there's lights, there's gifts, there's food, there's food, and some other people like food, um, and there's gifts. So nine out of ten, five out of ten people admit that they, or say that they could retell the Christmas story from memory, that they could stand up and tell the story about how Jesus came as a baby born to to Mary and Joseph was, you know, the stepfather. But only two of those five said they could do it correctly. So really, you know, in so two out of ten people said they could correctly tell the story of Jesus coming to earth as a baby. Now most people believe that Jesus came to earth and We know that a lot of people can tell that story, but many people don't really understand why. And it brings up in my mind two big questions. How did the birth of Jesus happen, and why did Jesus come? Fortunately, we have the record of that in the Gospels. We can read about it in Matthew and in Luke. And so what I want to do this morning, I hope to do, is is to give us confidence to go out and say the birth of Jesus happened like this. And the main idea I really want to communicate is that Jesus came to fulfill God's promise to send a Messiah to bless all of the world. That promised long ago this baby born in Bethlehem would be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now after 17 verses of telling the readers how Jesus is connected to David, the greatest king of Israel, and also Abraham, the father of the nation, the father of the Jewish people. In verse 18, he tells us, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the wonder of the story of the birth of Jesus. We thank you for the time of Christmas that we celebrate the coming of our Lord. And we thank you that while he was born in a manger, now he's seated on a throne. And that one day he will return on a white horse to make all things new. And so, Lord, as we look at the baby Jesus in the manger, help us not to forget that you reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. And we ask for your help this morning as we study a familiar story. Help us not to miss the details that we need to recognize. Teach us this morning from the truth of your word and the power of your spirit and help us, even if we might be a little bit tired, even if we might be distracted because of other things going on or we might just be hungry. Help us in these moments to listen to your voice and not to miss what you have for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As usual, there's a simple outline on the back of the bulletin that will help you as we we walk through these verses together. There's three simple points. And and the first thing that we, we need to look at is that Joseph is facing a challenging circumstance. Now, as you understand the details of what is happening, you realize pretty quickly that that is probably an understatement of what this young man was was facing because he was promised to be married, to marry. They were betrothed. They had a binding agreement, a legal contract that they were going to be married and it could only be ended by death or by a certificate of divorce. And that time would usually last about a year. And during that time, the couple was never left alone together and they would not have sexual relations. And when when Matthew begins his story, he tells the readers that Mary has been betrothed to Joseph and it was before they had came together. So it's clear that they are engaged to be married and they have not had sexual relations. Everything seemed to be going normal. It would have been just like any other betrothal. They were waiting to be married. But then there is a discovery during this time. Matthew tells us, Matthew, Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Mary's pregnant. She's going to have a baby. And Joseph knows one thing. He's not the father. It would have rocked his world. It would certainly be scandalous news in his family and the community. And in Joseph's mind, there could only be one reason. 
There had to be another man. And so Joseph is faced with this situation. He has to make a decision. And on one hand, he knew what the law said, and he wanted to do his best to keep the law. And in keeping the law, he would have to reveal to the public the pregnancy, that he was not the father and divorce her, and it would put her to shame, is what Matthew says. Everybody would know about it. And as one writer said, under those circumstances, Joseph would have been perfectly righteous in divorcing Mary. And in the eyes of the law, not doing so would be a violation of the law and would be against custom. And so he knew the right thing to do. But on the other hand, he was a man that was full of compassion. Now, depending on the circumstance, a a betrothed couple may or may not really know each other that well. They spent some time together, but it's not like traditional dating relationships these days or a traditional engagement. But this was the woman that David was going to marry. And he would be thinking in his mind, is there any way that I could avoid putting her to shame? And I forgot I brought David with me, but I put him in my pocket. Joseph. I've said David like 600 times. Um, so just take um, David and substitute Joseph and you'll, um, you'll be fine. It's a, it's, it, it happens when you don't look at your wife enough and she's saying, Joseph, Joseph. So anyway, let me. this man is named Joseph, and Joseph was betrothed to Mary. And I need to read the story, apparently, another time or two. Um, when something gets in your head, it's hard to get it out. So this little cute man right here, Joseph, is thinking in his mind, is there some way that I can deal with this situation and show mercy? And so he comes up with a solution. Joseph decides to divorce Mary Quietly, not to cause a big scene, but to simply issue a certificate of divorce. I mean, think about it, really. Life would be hard enough for this young mother. And if he could avoid it, Joseph didn't want to bring any more shame on her than she would already feel. It wouldn't be easy for her to be an unwed mother. The fact that she was pregnant and not married would likely end any chance in the future for her her to marry someone else. So this young man, probably in his early 20s, is facing this circumstance, and it's a challenge. What would the people think? What in the world is he supposed to do? And Joseph wants to do the right thing. He wants to show mercy to Mary. And we don't know much about this man, Joseph, but we do know that the Scripture tells us that he was just or righteous. Or another way of saying that is he was a noble man. Now, we do know a few facts about Joseph. He was betrothed to Mary. He was a descendant of King David. His middle name may have been David. No, I don't know that. I'm just kidding. No. Jesus, he became Jesus' adopted father, which is... Important because when you read through the record of his birth, the lineage, you find that 
there's a Messiah that's coming from the line of David. And because Jesus is adopted into David's family, he becomes legally part of the lineage of David. We read about after the birth of Jesus that Joseph works as a carpenter. And Matthew tells us that he's just or righteous. Now, we know one thing for sure when it says he's just or righteous. He wasn't perfect. But we do know that a righteous man or a just man wanted to honor the Lord in what they did and how they lived. And I really believe that Joseph carefully considered what he was supposed to do because he wanted to honor the Lord and he wanted to show respect to Mary, his wife-to-be, at the same time. And so Matthew says he considered these things. Now, when it says considered, that's more than just a couple of seconds, you know, think about what should I do. No, it, it means to, to ponder, to, to deeply think about, to weigh all the options and to reach a decision. And this wouldn't be an easy decision for him to make. So he took time and he thought it out. Couldn't even imagine what he must have been going through. All the emotions that would way would wash over him fear worry anger his desire to honor the lord and the love and the compassion that was growing for mary and in the middle of that circumstance god knew exactly what joseph was thinking and what he needed and so in verse 20 we find out that god sends an angel to joseph As he considered these things, verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So behold, in an instant, an angel, boom, appears and brings words of comfort. Tells Joseph he does not have to be afraid of going ahead with the marriage that his worries and concerns were, were unfounded. There was not another man. And in fact, yes, Mary is pregnant, but the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God had worked a miracle. And in that moment, when the angel visits, Joseph changes his plan. And he responds to the messenger of the Lord with humility and obedience. So when we think about what does it mean to be a just man, I think we have to say it's more than being a good man. Some people might say it just means to to follow the rules. There's somebody that's a rule follower. It could also be somebody that wants justice. They want the right thing to be done no matter the circumstance. Or maybe it's simply somebody who lives to please God. Because we know one thing's true, that you know we have a righteousness that's not from ourselves. It's from the Lord Jesus. And so a righteous man or a righteous woman is someone whose attitude, whose heart is turned toward pleasing God. And that's this Joseph. That's who he is. He wants to please God. He's humble and he's obedient. And so when the angel gives him these instructions, he just simply believes. The story tells us he takes Mary to be his wife. He gives the baby the name Jesus, just like he's instructed. And he 
adopts this child into his family as his own. You can read it in verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and she called him, and he called him Jesus. Now there might be consequences to his obedience. It might damage his reputation in the community. It could cost him the the dowry or the bride price that he, he paid to marry Mary. But yet he chose to do the right thing and honor the Lord. And then he goes a step further and he shows, you know, great self control. Matthew's very careful to point out he doesn't want us to miss the fact that Mary had never been with a man before. And to tell us that Joseph and Mary did not have sexual relations until after the baby is born. He chose to wait. There would be no doubt in the mind of anyone that this child was not conceived by man, but by the Holy Spirit. You see, the angel spoke, Joseph listened. And he did what God instructed. And this young man who was noble would soon become the adopted father of a very special child. Those that have been the beneficiary of adoption or have been blessed by being able to adopt know the joy that it brings, that you have a special child welcomed into your home. But imagine, I don't even know if Joseph could have begun to even imagine what it would be like to have the Savior of the world in his home. One of the hymns we sang tells us that Jesus was born that we no more may die. He was born to raise us from the earth and born to give us second And this child was talked about for centuries. God told His people that He was coming. And the last blank on your outline is that He was a promised child. You see, long before Jesus came as a baby, He already existed. But God made a promise that He would send a Savior, a Redeemer. Every page from Genesis to Malachi, every story points to the, the promise of a Savior, Jesus. In Genesis 3, we see that there a child, a child will, will come and will defeat the serpent. Abraham's reminded that one of that his descendants would bless all the people, and David is reminded that a Messiah would come from his family. The prophets tell us that he would be born of a virgin in the little town of Bethlehem. And Isaiah tells us that he would be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And so when Matthew is writing, he writes in verse 22, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Jesus came to fulfill all 
the promises of God. And when Jesus came, the promises were true. And in this story, we have two of the great truths, the promises about Jesus, that He came to be a Savior and He came to be with us. So let's just look at those first. Jesus came to save us. The angel gave specific instructions both to Mary and to Joseph about the name of the child. Call Him Jesus. Yeshua. The Lord saves. Because He will save His people from their sins. There's no doubt looking around in the world that we're in, this world is still in a desperate need of salvation because there's a problem that just won't go away and it's called sin. And the only solution is we need someone to rescue us. We need a Savior. And Jesus came to rescue us or deliver us to be our Savior. Isaiah tells us that this Savior would come and pardon our sin by taking our punishment. Taking our wounds upon His back for our benefit. Ezekiel tells us that He would take away our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And Daniel in his prophecy reminds us that this coming Savior would end rebellion, would wipe away iniquity, and would establish everlasting righteousness. You can read about it in Daniel 9. That little baby came to rescue us from a desperate situation. One we can't escape from on our own, although we try. That's why it's important to remember that Joseph, while he was a righteous man, just being a righteous man, doing good things didn't save him. No, his salvation came in the fact that he looked to God with faith. It's the same for every one of us. We need a Savior. The world needs Jesus. There's nothing we can do on our own apart from Him to save ourselves. And Jesus came to earth to show the love of the Father, to rescue man, and to relate to us. And so the other truth Matthew shows in this story is that Jesus came to be with us. I think we'd have to admit that it's encouraging sometimes to get an email or a text message from someone. You know, maybe just, you know, hey, how you doing from a spouse or, you know, your mom or somebody, I love you, something like that. And so that's one level. Now, the next level is, you know, if you do like a FaceTime or a video call. We actually see the person. We really, we, we learned how to do that quite a bit um, during um, 2020. People that had never done a video chat learned how to video chat. And that's even more encouraging. But you know what the best of all is? An in-person visit. Somebody showing up and being right in front of you. Better than a text message, better than a video call, this Somebody shows up. They're here. And I would just say that Jesus was the most personal message ever sent. 
the stories of the Old Testament, the words that we read, promises coming. There's shadows and types of them all through the Old Testament. But then in that one moment in a manger in Bethlehem, Jesus is born. Sent my God into the world, the image of the invisible God. God came near to us to be present with us. So verse 23, Matthew quotes Isaiah 7. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God came to be with us in Jesus. Now the mystery of this is at the same time Jesus was fully God and fully man, 100% each. He put on flesh and bone, a real human body. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and He came to take away our sins. And being able to call Jesus our Emmanuel should fill our hearts with joy and hope because it screams out from the heavens that God loves you, that God came to save you, and that God cares enough for you that He came to be with you. to make you feel extra special that God loves you enough to come to be with you you see Jesus came to fulfill God's promise to send a Messiah to bless all the world in the middle of a challenging troubling circumstance an angel revealed the truth to Joseph Mary his fiance was pregnant child was conceived not by man but by the Holy Spirit. And that child would be named Jesus, the Messiah. He would come to save people from their sin. That's why Jesus came and how it happened. And as we finish, let me just tell you that His story can change your story. Jesus came to rescue you. You may feel unloved, unnoticed, out of control. Jesus came to rescue you. Corey Ten Boom said, There is no pit too deep that God is not deeper filled. He sees you, and He came to rescue you. He came to give eternal life. A life that is joy-filled. A life that is full of meaning. A life that is full of purpose. And His story can also give you never-ending comfort and assurance. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. came as a human being, to be with us. Our response, humility, obedience, placing your hope and your trust in Him and experiencing the transformation that only He can offer. And when you experience that and someone asks you, what changed? What's the difference? 
you could start by saying, well, it was because of Jesus. And if you've got a minute, I want to tell you about it. And it happened just like this. Will you pray? Father, we are grateful for your goodness. We're thankful that through the frailty of human communication, that you communicate your perfect truth. We thank you that your word is always relevant, it's living and active, and it speaks. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that as we read these words of the, birth, the story of the birth of Jesus, that they bring life and hope and comfort. And so God, as we are about to reflect on your word, help us to see how your story changes our story. For some people, that change will be for the very first time as they, they step out of darkness and step into the light and they place their trust in you for the very first time as Savior and Lord. For others, it's a reminder, a review of things that we may have forgotten or have lost track of. Remind us of your story that you came to save us, to be with us. And Lord, let that lift us out of the despair, out of the darkness. For those that feel like they're, they're trapped, they're caught in the bondage of sin and there's no way out, pray that you would help them to see that you came to set the captives free. You came to save people from their sins. For those that are praying for, for loved ones or are doing their best to share the love of Jesus with their, their neighbors or the people that they come in contact with, pray for encouragement just to keep doing what they're doing. That with joy in our hearts, with a smile on our face, that we would say, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. And it happened just like this. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for the transforming power of the good news. And thank you for most of all for Jesus, our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen going to sing in just a moment. It's an opportunity to, to reflect and respond on the, the words, maybe something from one of the hymns, or maybe when Eva was sharing, something struck a chord, or maybe she listened to the familiar story from Matthew. Something just spoke to your heart. And as we sing, just want you to reflect on that idea that God's story, the story of Jesus changes our and maybe you need that change for the first time or maybe you need to turn the page and realize that in Jesus all things are new and walk in the newness of life that he's given you or maybe even though you don't feel like it you need to be reminded that he's for you and he's not against you that he knows, he hears that he came to be with us and he is close, he is present, and if you are a believer, his presence is in you by the Holy Spirit to provide you comfort, help, guidance, to help you pray, to help you live this life that we're supposed to live, even when it's hard. If you want to 
come to the front and pray. The front's open. If you need someone to pray with you, I'll be standing as well. But would you join in standing and singing together as we listen to the Lord? Let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Couldn't think of better words to conclude our time with this morning. I want to thank you for worshiping with us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, the worship team will be presenting some, some songs to, to help us um, just prepare our hearts um, for Christmas. So I know you'll want to be a part of that. Looks like it's going to be a pretty nice day and the sun is shining. So I hope you enjoy some time with with family, some time relaxing, enjoying the, the Sabbath rest um, that the Lord intends us to. Um, it's, ble- it's a blessing to see you. Um, it's a blessing to be together. And before you leave, just take time to tell people that you're, you're glad to see them and bless them during the week. So let's sing together, and when we sing, you're free to go. Mm-hmm.